Genesis 34. Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, saw the prince of the land, uh, the prince of the land saw her and took her, lay with her and humbled her. His soul joined to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young lady and spoke kindly to the young lady. Shechem spoke to his father Hamor saying, get me this young lady as a wife. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, and his sons were with his livestock in the field. Jacob held his peace until they came. Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to talk with him. The sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. The men were grieved and they were very angry because he had done folly in Israel in lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing that ought not to be done. Hamor talked with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife. Make marriages with us, give your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves. You shall dwell with us, and land will be with you, and the land will be before you. Live and trade in it, and get possessions in it. Shechem said to her father and to her brothers, Let me find favour in your eyes, and whatever you will tell me, I will give. Ask me for a great amount for a dowry, and I will give whatever you ask of me, but give me the young lady as a wife. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, with deceit when they spoke, because they had defiled Dinah, their sister. And they said to him, We can't do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that is a reproach to us. Only on this condition will we consent to you. If you will be as we are, that every male of you be circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to us and we will dwell with you and we will become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our sister and we will be gone. Their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. The young men didn't wait to do this thing because he had delight in Jacob's daughter and he was honoured above all the house of his father. Hamor and Shechem his son came to the gate of their city and talked with the men of the city, saying, These men are peaceful with us, therefore let them live in the land and trade in it. For behold, the land is large enough for them. Let's take their daughters to us for wives, and let's give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent us to live with us, to become one people, if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. Won't their livestock and all their animals be ours? Only let's give our consent to them, and they will dwell with us. All who went out of the gate of this city listened to Hamor and to Shechem his son, and every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. On the third day, when they were sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword, came upon the unsuspecting city and killed all the males. They killed Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword, and they took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went away. Jacob's sons came on the dead and plundered the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks, their herds, their donkeys, that which was in the city, that which was in the field, and all their wealth, 
they took captive all their little ones and their wives and took as plunder everything that was in the house. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me odious to the inhabitants of the land. Among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, I am a few in number. They will gather themselves together against me and strike me and I will be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with a prostitute? You always think that the crazy chapters are behind and then you come across another one. <laughs> you just, you, some people um, in this modern era, they attack the Bible and they say, you know, that there are stories in the Bible like, like the one we've just read, for example, and they say, you know, God can't be a good God because of these things that are in the Bible. And I can tell you that there are a lot of things in the Bible that God didn't approve of either. History, the Bible doesn't comment here on what God thought about it, or at least we don't, can't see anywhere that he's commented on it. Um, the only comment we get is Jacob at the end of the chapter saying, you know, why did you do this? Now the people of the land are going to hate me. You know, we, we've become odious. And um, so there's, there's a negative comment from Jacob of something his sons have done. So these men of, of the city of Shechem took one of Jacob's daughters, defiled her, wanted her for marriage. Usually for marriage, there's a price to be paid. But the sons of Jacob just instead say, the price can be that you all have to get circumcised. They all get circumcised and then they attack them on the third day when their wounds were painful. Apparently, from various commentaries, that that's the most painful day. <laughs> and um, so they're unable to defend themselves. They slaughter the entire city. All the males are killed and then they, they raid the city and take everyone else's slaves and they capture all their stuff. So now they're vastly wealthier um, but they've done it, first of all, they were deceitful in telling them to be circumcised and then they've done the wrong thing through killing and looting and plundering things that were not theirs. And so I don't think that God justifies this, but there are interesting things in this chapter just the same. And the first thing is that there's this offer of intermarriage. And um, we see that Abraham sent Isaac away to get a wife from elsewhere. And um, Isaac sent Jacob away to get a wife from elsewhere. But here now, Jacob's sons are in the land and there's this offer of marrying local women. And, um, you know, there's an interesting element there. It's obviously not something that they wanted. And, um, and yet, they, what they've done is they've, they've basically returned evil for evil. If you try to work out in this story who was right and who was wrong, it's a bit like trying to unscramble the egg. And uh, you know, if you mix up an egg, you just you can't get the egg back to what it was. And there are there are circumstances in life and in history which are like this. You can't unscramble them. And sometimes, you know, when I was a child, I lived in Papua New Guinea, and there were these tribal groups that would attack each other. And then you know, someone would do something to someone, and then the other group would want revenge. It was called payback. And then, but usually the payback would be worse than the original offense. And sometimes they would pay back by attacking not only the person, but then also their family. And then this payback would go on and on and on and get worse and worse and worse. 
and it gets to the point where it's so convoluted and so complicated that you just can't unscramble it to, to lay a blame anywhere. And this chapter's a bit like that because you've got, it's, it's a bit like trying to work out who's right and who's wrong is almost impossible because everyone is wrong. And it reminds us of life because elsewhere in the scriptures that say that, that there's no one righteous, no, not one, not a single person, according to the book of Romans, is a righteous person before God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And um, we want to be people who are righteous, but we can't be on our own. And in this story, you know, it's really tempting to, to want to side with, say, Jacob and his sons because, you know, that's God's people. And we want to be on their side and say, but, but they've done something that's really wrong. But on the other hand, we want to, you know, you sympathize with this whole entire town that's been destroyed and, you know, they didn't deserve that either. Sometimes to go back into history, uh, you know, you've just got to acknowledge that everyone has done something wrong and we need to start from now and follow the way that God has shown us to follow now. And sometimes that's exactly what history is like in, say, Australia or America or places where there's been colonization and and all sorts of groups have done things to each other over a long period of time. And sometimes we just have to say the only way forward from now is to forgive and to do what the Lord asks from now. And so uh, in the end, we all need the mercy of the Lord. And that's not only true of Jacob, Jacob's sons, and it's true of you. And, um, you know, Jacob, he had this struggle with being deceitful for a long time. And now we see the same sin was in the, the heart of his very own children. And you know, you can overcome and you can find victory, but then the same struggle may be there in the future for your children. Or your parents can overcome, but then you may have the same struggle. And that's why we all need the mercy of God. So Father, give us your mercy. We read a chapter like this and we acknowledge that everyone in this chapter had some issue. And in what we're reading is history, uh, the history of humans who are all weak. And Lord, we acknowledge today that we also are weak. We ask, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy, your hand upon our lives, your blessing upon us. In the name of Jesus, amen.